when you interact with a piece of art, a lot of times you have like a feeling that comes up in your body. You have a feeling that emerges. And I think utilizing art for civic engagement is really important because it, it, it takes what's often just a cognitive exercise or an intellectual exercise for people and it makes it personal. It helps them take in the importance and impact um, of engaging in democracy into their bodies and into their hearts so that it becomes integrated in the entire being. Marisa Rivera is a local Austin licensed psychotherapist, consultant, educator, and elections advocate. She is a guest today on this episode of the Austin Common Radio Hour podcast as we continue our series on why local elections matter. And here is your host, Amy Stansberry. Hi again, it's time for another episode of the Austin Common Radio Hour. Um, as you all know, early voting has already begun and election day is right around the corner. So I thought it'd be fun to do a little election Q&A today. Uh, many of you have been submitting questions to our Instagram page about voting logistics, voter ID rules, things like that. And since I wanna make sure that all of you are able to cast a safe and secure vote by election day, uh, today we're gonna be getting all those questions answered. And then later in today's show, we'll also be listening in on an interview I recorded with Marissa Rivera. She's a licensed psychotherapist, a consultant, and an educator who lives right here in Austin, Texas. And she hosts these amazing Know Your Ballot workshops for her family and friends. I started seeing them pop up on Instagram and thought it was an amazing idea. Um, and so hopefully hearing her story will inspire you all to bring some civic engagement fun to your own social networks. Um, I'm sure a lot of you all have already voted, um, especially if you're listening to this, hopefully you're, you're excited and, and eager to vote. And so, um, if you have already voted, now's the time to encourage your friends and family to do the same, pass along this information to them. And if you haven't voted yet, um, hopefully we can answer your final questions um, today in, in the Q&A. So um, in order to help do the Q&A section, I'm gonna bring on John Hoffner, who's our producer. Hi, John. Hello, Amy. Glad to be with you here. And we're all getting Great information from you on this voting process, and this is critically important. All these people need to know the ins and outs. There's little nuances that you'll be explaining to people, so that's great. And we're also hoping for this election to be over soon. Yeah, we were just saying it's like, you know, I, I love doing all this voter education and outreach, but I'm exhausted <laughs> and I'm excited for <laughs> the election to happen. Um, but we've still got some crucial, you know, crucial week and a half left. And um, yeah, I'm glad you were able to come on and, and we can answer some of these questions because we've been getting a lot of them and it can be super confusing. And the last thing we want is for one of these questions to prevent you from, from voting. Um, all right, John, you want to kick it off? So is it a violation to wear politically affiliated entire while you're voting? And this answer is yes. Um, so this is kind of a quote uh, directly from Texas law uh, from an article I found on CNN actually. And it says, a person may not wear a badge, insignia, emblem, or other similar communicative device relating to a candidate, measure, or political party appearing on the ballot at the polling place. So what that means is that you, you probably should not walk into the polling place wearing um, a Donald Trump hat, wearing a Biden shirt, what have you. 
Um, now, technically, you know, a lot of these rules, quite frankly, they're being enforced by local poll workers. Um, and, and poll workers, you know, here in Travis County are, are paid, but it's really just regular people like you or me that sign up and they have varying levels of um, knowledge about all of the different rules. So um, it, quite frankly, a little bit of it depends on who your poll worker is or how egregious maybe your outfit is. The point is to make sure you're not um, intimidating people at the polling place or convincing people to vote for one thing or another. Um, so to be safe, it's really best just to leave all that stuff out. Um, but I have seen a lot of uh, folks still come dressed up in really fun outfits. If you're, if you want to dress up, you can do America. You can be kind of red, white, and blue theme. You can wear all of your like voting apparel. I have an I voted mask. I have a I love voting so much t-shirt that I got from the League of Women Voters that I've always worn to vote on election day. All that stuff is fine. Just try to avoid the candidates. So you can have be, you ever be dress up, John. <laughs> I, I didn't dress up this time, but Jill did. She dressed up in a, a, a red, white, and blue outfit. And Kate, my daughter, dressed up in a red, white, and blue outfit. And then they had neat hats on that were patriotic hats. So I guess the message, Amy, is that you can be patriotic. You can say, please vote on your T-shirt and wear anything that, that honors the patriotism, but you can't be uh, trying to, to tell them who to vote for. So yeah, you, you have to avoid the ones that are about a specific political party or candidate. Yeah. Well, our next question, Amy, is what if I'm still in the line when the polling location technically closes? Yeah. And so um, this is a question I get a lot, especially on election day, you know, for our last minute voters. Um, you are still allowed to vote even if the polling location closes as long as you're in line. Um, so the key is you've just got to get in line by the time that that polling location closes. And even if it takes hours, even if it's a really long line, as long as you were in line before it closed, you get to vote. Um, and I always see this happen a lot here um, in Austin on UT's campus. <laughs> I don't know that it'll be the same this year since I know a lot of students aren't there, but I guess they tend to be last minute voters and always like one of the very last polling locations to close in town is UT, the one on UT's campus. The students seem to get there right under the wire and that line can be really long, but all of them are allowed to vote. So that's something they're used to going to class, right? They just, just barely <laughs> get in as the bell's ringing and are one or two minutes late. And so that won't cut it. So, and our polls typically close at seven. Is that correct? Are they all they, closing at they seven? Do. They do. They do typically close at seven. I know during early voting, they all close at seven. I'm not sure if there's any extended hours for election day or not. Um, you can double check all voting times and things like that at votetravis.com um, or your county's um, election county clerk website. But um, in Travis County, at least during early voting, all polls are closing at seven or most of them. I think there might be some mega centers. So you want to check that, but seven is about the time. Yeah. And the website for that is votetravis.org, isn't votetravis it? Votetravis.com. Yeah. So what if I don't have a car? How can I get to the polls? Yeah. So this is a good question. You know, I think um, voting is for everyone and we want to make sure that there's um, no barrier for, for you to be able to get there. And so um, you have a few different options. Um, one is Cat Metro is offering um, complimentary rides on election day. 
um, on their website, you can find a list of City of Austin polling locations and the bus routes that serve them. A lot of polling locations are along bus routes for this reason. Um, so that's an easy way to do it. Just, uh, just look up Cap Metro and you can find all that information. Um, another cool option is that Metro Bike, which um, for people who aren't familiar, Metro Bike is actually the new Austin B-Cycle. So those are like the um, bicycles that have the docks around town. Um, they just kind of merged with Cap Metro, so now it's called Metro Bike. But they're offering um, complimentary 24-hour passes for anyone who is going to vote. Um, and so in order to use that, if you're on the B-Cycle, if you're on the app, um, during early voting, you can type in evote20 as the code. If it's on election day, you can type in 2020 vote. Um, or if you're at the kiosks right there on their little docks, if it's during early voting, there's this long stream of numbers. I'll say it, but um, I'll also tell you the website where you can find it. So early voting, if you're at the kiosk, it's 386-8320. And if you're on election day, it's 868-320. Um, if you also just go to Cap Metro's website, they have a little section there that's all about election day. And if you click on that, you'll find all of this information. So the next question that came in, Amy, is what forms of ID can I use to vote? Yeah, so this is a big one. Obviously, there's been a lot of controversy over Texas voter ID rules. Um, but as it stands right now, there are seven acceptable forms of ID that you can vote with here in Texas. They are a Texas driver's license, a Texas election ID certificate, a Texas personal ID card, a Texas handgun license, a U.S. citizenship certificate with photo, a U.S. military ID card with photo, or a U.S. passport. And so we're going to talk about it. I think I've got another question on there later on. But a key thing to remember on this is that a out-of-state driver's license is not an acceptable form of ID. Mm. Um, that's a tricky one yeah. <laughs> for folks and might come up. Uh, there is a way around it, um, which we'll address in a bit. But if you have one of these other ones, use it. So um, you really need a Texas driver's license. Um, or a U.S. passport. Those are probably your most common forms of ID, but any of those seven. Okay. Well, here's another related question to that is, what if my ID has expired? Yeah, so this one is, I think what, the answer to this surprises people. You actually can use an expired ID. Um, so here's the exact quote from our Travis County clerk's website. It's in charge of elections. It says, with the exception of the U.S. Citizenship Certificate, which does not expire, for voters aged 18 to 69, the acceptable form of photo identification may be expired no more than four years before being presented for voter qualification at the polling place. For voters aged 70 or older, the acceptable form of photo identification may be expired for any length of time if the identification is otherwise valid. Um, so basically what that's saying is that if you're under the age of 70, you can use um, an ID that is less than four years ex expired. So it can be expired just no more than four years. And if you're over 70, it doesn't matter. Um, it can be expired for any length of time. That is interesting, Amy, because when I voted and I, others that may have voted early know this, that you, you hand your um, license in and you turn it backwards so they can scan it. 
And I don't know if that's something that I have to do for each one. So if you have an old 10 year old um, ID that doesn't have a scanner and I guess that means that or scan bar uh, mm. doesn't really need that. So interesting. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, next one is what if I don't have one of these IDs you just listed? So this is a great question. You know, what do you do if you don't have one of these seven forms of ID? And the answer actually comes from um, one of our Austin Common readers, Carrie, as well as a League of Women Voters member named Valerie. And they both provided me with this info. Um, because one thing that they noticed when they were registering voters um, leading up to this election is that, you know, as often as the case in, in Austin, there's a lot of new people who are moving here. And because of COVID-19 in particular, they haven't had the ability to get a Texas driver's license. And um, uh, out-of-state driver's license is not one of those seven um, forms of identification. So what if you do if you just moved here, you still have your out-of-state license, you haven't had time to get your in-state license. So what you have to do, there is still a way for you to vote and to vote with a regular ballot. What you have to do is file something called a reasonable impediment declaration. And basically what you do is when you just arrive at the polling booth, this is a form that you fill out that explains why you were unable to have one of those seven acceptable forms of ID. So if the case is that you just recently moved here and then you haven't been able to um, get a new driver's license yet, that, that would be your reason. And then in, along with filing this reasonable impediment declaration, um, you have to provide a supporting form of ID. And these can be the following a government document that shows the voter's name and an address. So that could be your out-of-state driver's license. It could also be your voter registration card. Um, it's key to note that you do not need a Texas driver's license to register to vote. You just have to prove, you just have to be a Texas resident. So it's okay if you, you know, like I said, just moved here, haven't gotten that new Texas driver's license yet. You probably, you were still able to register to vote in Texas. Um, other options for supporting forms of ID include a current utility bill, an original bank statement, a government check, a paycheck, or a certified domestic birth certificate or a document confirming birth admissible in a court of law, which establishes the voter's identity. Um, so those are kind of your options there. So if you do not have one of those seven forms of ID, um, do not freak out. There is still a way for you to vote and to vote with a regular ballot. You just have to have one of those supporting forms of ID and you have to file this reasonable impediment declaration. And again, thank you so much to Carrie and for Valerie for giving us this information. Super helpful. So the next question you got was, what if I signed up to vote by mail, but I'm worried about my ballot getting delayed in the post office? Yeah, so obviously there's been a lot of talk about um, post office delays and, and issues. And so if you signed up to vote by mail because you're concerned about um, health risks for voting in person, um, one option you have is that you are able to drop off your filled out mail-in ballot in person. Um, there's been a lot of talk about this in the news. There's been a lot of court battles back and forth. Originally, Travis County had plans for several of these drop-off locations throughout our county. As it stands right now, there's only one drop-off location. It's at 5501 Airport Boulevard. That's a bummer, but um, it is still an option that's available to you. Um, and luckily, we're not as big of a county as Harris County in Houston, right? I've heard a lot of news reports about um, 
they, I don't know if this is true, but I read that Harris County is the size of Connecticut, mm-hmm. which is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're not quite at that scale, um, but we do have this drop-off location. So it's 5501 Airport Boulevard. Um, from October 13th to November 1st, you can drop it off anytime from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., um, Monday through Saturday, and from noon to 6 on Sunday. On November 2nd, they'll be open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on November 3rd, which is election day, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, and the key thing is you can only hand deliver your own ballot. So you can't like bring one for someone else in your family. You have to present an acceptable form of ID with you when you return it. Um, and you may be asked to sign a signature roster. Um, so that's the key thing. Bring an ID with you and know that you can't bring a bunch of other people's filled in ballots with you. Each person has to drop off their own. Um, but the nice thing is I've seen some photos of our Travis County drop off, um, mail-in ballot drop off site. Seems like it's a really well run. It's in a, the big parking lot there. The Travis County building appears to be contactless. Um, so that still might be a better option for you um, if you're concerned about voting by mail and also have some health risks that make it so that voting in person is not feasible, doing this drop-off ballot might be your best bet. Yeah, and it is important, I think, for people to realize that it's not where you just drive up like at the post office and drop it in, you have to show your ID. That is a a critical difference between what people might have conceived in their mind of a drop-off. I just rip through, drop it off, but you have to prove yourself as well. Yeah. All right. Well, the next question is, what precautions are in place for COVID-19? How can I feel safe going into the polling places? Yeah, so obviously this is a big one um, here in Travis County and in a lot of the surrounding counties, too. They've adopted similar precautions. Um, You might have seen on social media, like a lot of silly pictures of people wearing these finger gloves or finger condoms, quite frankly, is what they look like, right? That's what they've jokingly been called. But everyone is given one of those. Um, They're also like popsicle stick type things to use the touch screens, Um, hand sanitizer. Um, The poll workers are all wearing masks and it's asked that all voters wear masks. There's also shields up in between the poll workers and the voters. Um, And the polling booths are um, separated, you know, several feet apart from each other. Um, So the system, you know, they, they, they were able to test it out a little bit in July, which allowed them to prepare even better for this November election. But, but honestly, my best advice, if, you're concerned about this is to just go at a time when you know no one else is going to be there. <laughs> um, avoid the crowd. This is why we have several weeks of early voting. You still have time. Um, if you go to votetravis.com, you can see real-time wait times at all the different polling locations. Go to one. It has a little green light that has a, a low voting time. That way you just can be in and out. I've talked to a lot of people who said they've just gone in and out. Not another soul was in there. Um, So you got to pick your times accordingly. And there are weekend availability, too, if you're someone that's working nine to five and find it really difficult to get in during the day. um, There are weekend hours that, um, from what I've seen anecdotally, have not been super crowded either. So, Amy, I I voted early and I will say I was incredibly impressed with the precautions that were in place 
to protect people from COVID-19. Inside and outside the polling place, I, I noticed that, that re people were really respectful of the fact of wearing a mask. And I think that's a, a mandatory thing. They make you wear a mask. And I, people were, were standing six feet apart. And when I got in, yes, in fact, I got the finger condom to protect me from touching something and the, the popsicle stick. And then even to the extent that everything that I touched, only I touched. So my license, I put down on the little tray and they don't ever have to touch it. So the polling person doesn't pick up my license and put whatever fingers they put on it. And they take a, a picture of it, they scan it, and then you go vote and you walk out. And I, I would also encourage people to use that app at least in early voting. And I think it's available for the day of voting that shows you where the places of that you can vote that are not very busy. I think it's green. If it's a green uh, little um, sign, it means it's zero to 20 minute wait. So yeah, I was impressed. Um, and, and I guess I'll ask the following up question. Anyway, Amy, do you know if this is just a Travis County precaution measure or are other counties around us um, able to do the similar precautions? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a real concern. You know, elections are run county by county, um, which um, there are reasons for, you know, it kind of makes it um, part of the, the reasoning behind it is that that way there's not like some mass system that could be corrupted all at once. You know, it's just like a bunch of small counties. Um, but it does mean that there's some variables. Um, from what I've heard, the other counties surrounding us are adopting very similar protocols, like in Williamson County and um, other places. But um, I, I have not heard about small, smaller rural counties throughout um, Texas, but I would imagine it's a little bit more difficult for them because part of it is a funding. It is a funding question. I mean, it costs a lot of money to run elections and it costs even more so when you have to provide all of these other uh, resources for folks. It's definitely an expense and a lot of work. Talk about someone who is going to be <laughs> exhausted and celebrating after election day, like our Travis County clerk, <laughs> yes. who's in, the one who's in charge of elections. Like her and her staff are just working around the clock, like processing all these mail-in ballots, setting up all these polling locations in a different way, changing their plans at five every five seconds because of court cases that come down. Like they are gonna be hopefully taking a nice vacation after, <laughs> after election day is over. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of work, yes. And thank you for, to all those people doing that hard work, heavy lifting. So another question that came in is, how can I make voting more fun? Yeah, so um, I'm a huge proponent of, of making a day of it if you have the ability or a few, an hour of it. Um, you can get in and out, um, which is great, but there are all these local businesses that are doing all of these fun giveaways in exchange for your I Voted sticker. Um, I know a lot of folks that are um, gathering their friends together, you know, in a social distant way, but all showing up to vote together, wearing fun outfits, and then, you know, hitting the town a bit, supporting these local businesses and getting some nice giveaways. So there are a long list of these. I'm sure people have seen them online, but a few uh, that I wanted to highlight is Home Slice Pizza is doing, um, they're giving away slices of pizza and a photo op. They've got a big I Voted sticker collage going, which is pretty cool. Um, the Soup Peddler is doing eight ounce cups of soup. Uh, 14th Tap Brewing, 10 Ounce Pours, Circle Brewings, 
doing uh, Pints of Beer, Easy Tigers giving away cookies, Austin East Cider is giving away Pints of Cider at their Barton Springs location, Texas Coffee Traders is doing a cup of coffee. Really any business that you love in town, check them out on social media. So many of them are offering something for voting, which is pretty cool and a nice way to make it exciting. And then um, also, you know, the Austin Common, we teamed up with Hope, um, Hope Campaign, um, which is a nonprofit that supports artists in town. And we've got three murals all around town. Um, and if you visit any one of those with your I Voted sticker, we've got a few giveaways going on social media. If you take a picture and tag us in it as well. Um, we've got a mural on South Lamar, one at the Swoon Salon on East Cesar Chavez and um, one at Springdale General. And so, yeah, if you just follow the Hope Campaign or us, Thoughts and Comment on Instagram, you can find more information about those murals and we wanna see those I Voted selfies. It, it's such an awesome power and responsibility that we all have and um, right that we all have to vote. And um, it's exciting that we, that we have a say in, the, in our future and it's, it's, it's a powerful, empowering moment, I think. And, you know, I've really been liking to see a lot of folks in my neighborhood have been putting up these very cool, like, um, Halloween, I vote, voted, like, combo displays on their yards um, that have been super cool and creative. You know, they're carving out their pumpkins to say, but I voted, or I saw these people had this elaborate display with like ghosts and they were all casting votes in their ballot box. You know, <laughs> I love to see that kind of stuff. That is great. Yeah. It should be a hard, a, a, a holiday and a party. And I, I'm sure I am remembering it correctly. I think when I was growing up and a little kid, I remember it was a holiday for my dad, you know, and, and mom from work is, and we need to get back to that an official holiday so it can, people can really vote and have fun. So another question is, what if I get turned away at the polls? Yeah, so if you if you come into any problem while you're voting, you get turned away. Um, I know it can be really hard to understand exactly what your rights are. As we just demonstrated, there's like all these confusing rules. Um, so the best thing to do is there is this thing called the Texas Voter Protection Hotline. The number is 866-OUR-VOTE, 866-OUR-VOTE. That's a good one to just keep in your phone at all times. That way, if you ever have a problem this election or in the future, you can call it right up. Um, if you visit their website, which is the tech, the, the organization again is called Texas Voter Protection Hotline. If you visit that website, you'll also find um, phone numbers for uh, hotlines in all these different languages. So there's, there's support for everyone out there. Um, that's a good, a really good resource. All right. Well, I guess the last question here is, what do I do if I didn't get my mail-in ballot? Yeah, and this one happened to you, right, John? <laughs> it did. Yeah, so I have not received my, or had not received my uh, mail-in ballot, and I wanted to vote early. And so I went down to the polling place, and, and I was able to vote. So if you don't get your ballot, you can vote, but you have to vote provisionally. So you sign uh, a couple documents that say you will not send in your uh, mail-in vote as well as vote here. And you, it says, you know, criminal charges against you if you do that. But you sign that away and then you get an actual regular ballot. You fill out the ballot at one of the little stands and then you come back to the polling person 
and you put it into a special big envelope where they put all the provisional uh, votes. So you can vote if you've got, even if you've gotten your mail-in ballot, you can go down and vote. If you don't trust the mail, which is what there's a lot of confusion about it, uh, you can go down to the polling place with your ballot. You hand the ballot to the uh, actual polling person, and then they'll, I presume, tear it up or get rid of it. And then you can actually vote not provisionally. You can get a regular ballot, put it in the regular place, and get you know, in, into the regular queue. So you're, you're counted as a regular voter that way. If you don't have a ballot, then you were supposed to get one, then you're provisional. So there's still ways to do it if, if you didn't get your mail-in ballot or you don't want to do your mail-in uh, to, to actually vote. So I think we covered a lot of ground, Amy. I think that hopefully helps a lot of our listeners that haven't voted yet um, on the process. Yeah, that was great. And I'll just advise anyone that has any additional questions or wants to double check some of these things. Like I said, votetravis.com has a lot of information. Um, I believe they also have a phone number on that website that you can call. Uh, there's also a website called votetexas.gov that has a lot of this statewide voting information. And then of course, the lovely League of Women Voters, um, always the best place. Those people are complete experts. Um, check out their website, message them on social media. Um, they're another great way to uh, learn more. You're listening to the Austin Common Radio Hour podcast with your host, Amy Stansbury and producer John Hoffner. Next is our interview with Marisa Rivera. Well, great. I'm so glad that you're here to join us today, uh, Marisa. I, um, I, I invite you on because I was following your Instagrams. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, your, Amy. Uh, your Texican owl, right? Yes, Texican Al. Yes, that's yes, that's my personal Instagram. Yeah, and I noticed that um, you were doing these really cool, um, like get out the vote workshops and know your ballot workshops, which is why I wanted to um, ask you on today because we're we're talking all about um, different ways that people are getting out the vote, and and I love to see how people get so creative and um, and so maybe just to start talk about that. How did you come up with the idea for those workshops? What are they? Yeah. So um, the idea for that was really born out of something that I've been doing for several years now um, with my friends and like friends of friends. It's grown into a friends and friends kind of thing. Um, and I've, I've always called it Dacozy Vote. And so I'll send a Google calendar invite or put it on my Instagram. This is in years past when we could like socialize in large groups in person. Um, but I would invite people to meet me for breakfast tacos first thing in the morning. I'd bring several copies of whatever ballot was up for voting um, and voter guides. And we'd just sit there and over tacos, like just break down each thing, share resources with each other, different viewpoints. We didn't all vote the same way, but it was really awesome to engage in these conversations in community, hear different viewpoints and different concerns about um, different propositions on the ballot um, and why folks were voting. Um, and it became a way for us to hold each other accountable, you know, to remain engaged and, um, and, and use our voices. So I initially started doing that because out of necessity, um, when in the, I guess it was the 2008 election, um, 
I was working in the foster care system and it was voting day and I was short on time and I grabbed a coworker and I was like, okay, let's figure this out. Like, what are we voting for? What does this mean? What have you heard? Blah, 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 blah. And I enjoyed that. And I didn't have that the first time that I voted when I was 18. And I realized that for me and for my style of learning, um, doing that in community with folks was empowering on a whole other level. Um, and I'm a, I'm a former educator. And so I kind of like took that and eventually started inviting other friends. Then they started inviting friends. And then sooner or later we took over like half a, a neighborhood taco shop, like each election day. So um, my friend, Cerise Brown, she's the director um, of a dance community that I'm a part of, and she had come to a couple of my, my Tacos Evo, and um, she hit me up, and she's like, girl, we can't do this in person. What do you think about just, like, recording this and putting it out to the masses? I was like, down. I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. Um, so that's how the Know Your Ballot series kind of started, um, just taking something virtual that we had always, that I have been doing in person for several years. That's awesome. I love that idea. I mean, I think that's so key that, you know, this, the like studies always show over and over that it's like you vote when your friends vote, you know, it's like a very social activity. Um, so I like that idea of bringing it, not just putting out a guide, but really getting to talk with each other about. Well, and about make, make, yeah, make the process more approachable. Um, I'm a queer woman of color and voting has not been something that's been accessible to my community forever, you know, and even when it has, you know, de facto been made legal um, we continue to face challenges in accessing the process. So if I can create, help create um, and, and normalize conversation and let people know it's okay if you feel nervous and there's resources out there and to help guide them towards that, that's awesome. And, and if that's one piece that I can offer, um, then that's what I'm going to do. And that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm passionate about doing is just really helping connecting folks and helping them um, helping them feel less intimidated by, by our democratic process. Yeah. Is there, um, I know that you already hosted quite a few of these. Is there any way people can still, um, listen to one or engage with one at all? Are you done for? Yeah. Yeah, no. So, um, we broke it up into two one hour zoom workshops. Um, and essentially what I do in these workshops is, take different chunks of the Travis County ballot and explain um, what each office, what each position um, does, like what their responsibilities are and maybe even certain pieces of legislation or certain judicial systems um, that those offices have had a part to play in, right? So just really helping folks understand the impact of their votes, not telling them how to vote, but helping them understand why these down-ballot races matter. Um, so we recorded um, two hours of, of that content and going over the whole ballot, and we've left registration open so that folks can register, and then they'll receive a link where they can um, download and access those videos. And um, you know, we're encouraging folks to share the registration link because 100% um, of the money that we're raising is going to the Texas Civil Rights Project so that they can continue to help fight for um, voter rights. Great. 
And how can people find that? Um, your Instagram page or what's the best, like easiest way to tell them on the podcast? Yeah, I think the easiest, yeah, the easiest way is probably to just head to the link in my bio, my Instagram, that's at Texican Owl, O-W-L. Um, there, I can also um, send you, Amy, a link to the actual registration page. I think it is kind of a lengthy URL, so I'm not gonna, we can I'm post not gonna it, attempt yeah. to spell it out. Yeah, but I, I can send that to you. Great. And so, and so the other way that we um, have kind of crossed paths here um, is through the HOPE campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and the Austin Common, we, we partnered with the HOPE campaign this election season to do a series of fun murals, which like has been such a thrill for me. I've always wanted to <laughs> be involved in a project like this. And um, Liz from the HOPE Outdoor Gallery reached out a few months ago and like, we want to do something around voting. Would you be interested? I was like, of course I'd be interested. I would love to do that. It sounds so fun. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, HOPE and your connection to it? Yeah. Um, so the HOPE campaign is a really awesome organization. It's a nonprofit whose mission is to connect creatives with causes. And um, HOPE reached out to me to come on board their, their HOPE Votes Initiative Committee um, to really help them shape messaging around what it is that they wanted to accomplish in terms of civic engagement um, and, and just to help engage the community in that and to get the word out. Um, so that that's how I came into it. I've, I've known Hope's work for several years um, as an Austinite, as a person who has a lot of friends who are artists, um, and I'm always amazed at what they do in the community. Um, whether that's, you know, providing large scale platforms for emerging artists um, or the, you know, the farmer's market or the park um, that they're building. And so I jumped at an opportunity to utilize art as a medium to get people excited um, about voting. So, yeah. And when I heard Austin Common was on board, that was just like an an added bonus. I love y'all's nonpartisan mission um, in, in sharing the news and getting, helping folks stay educated. Thanks. Yeah. So we've got three murals around town for folks that might be interested in checking it out. We've got one on South Lamar, um, mm -hmm. one on the Soon Salon. Um, it's like East Cesar Chavez and I-35. And then another one, Springdale General. So Lots of opportunities to snap a pic in front of it. Um, yeah, our, our hope is that this is like a, an in real life um, version of the I Voted sticker that people can engage with, right? So um, go out and vote and then snap a selfie and share it and, and to help encourage other people to do the same um, and to really amplify this idea that our voices um, are really powerful and that our vote is a representation of our voices. Yeah, and, and art is such a powerful medium for that. I mean, I'm sure you see it. What, what, what makes you compelled or, or feel like this is a really good way to um, help engage folks in this manner? Because sometimes voting can, can seem a little dry, right? Like politics, quote unquote, it's not everyone's thing. Um, but, but how do you feel like art can help humanize it? Or what, what does art bring to the table? Well, I think art in general has um, this really amazing power to engage with folks, not only on the cognitive level, but on an emotional and even a somatic level. Um, you, when you interact with a piece of art, a lot of times 
you have like a feeling that comes up in your body. You have a feeling that emerges. And I think utilizing art for civic engagement is really important because it, 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 takes what's often just a cognitive exercise or an intellectual exercise for people and it makes it personal. It helps them take in the importance and impact um, of engaging in democracy into their bodies and into their hearts so that it becomes integrated in the entire being. Yeah and what about you know for you personally what has made you so interested and passionate in getting other people engaged and involved and bringing your friends along for the ride? Yeah, um, I'm very lucky and very fortunate in my family to come from a legacy of activists. Um, I, you know, one of my ancestors is Jovita Idar, who was an educator, um, an activist, and a journalist in South Texas in the early 20th century, and she played a big part in the in the women's rights movement as well as voter rights movement for folks of color. And her legacy is something that I grew up with um, being talked about in my family. And then I saw my own family, my own parents um, block walk and phone bank and try to get involved and stay involved and educate themselves. So not everybody has that, you know, not everybody has that connection um, to, to civic engagement. So for me, it's important that I take that personal connection that I have and make it more accessible and make it a more approachable process for people. So if I can carry on my ancestors' um, legacy in, in this way, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. I think, you know, so many people, I ask this question to a lot of folks and I think that's the most common answer is, um, is family. You know, it's, it, it really is something that um, is instilled upon you. Um, it's, it's helpful when your parents and your grandparents are taking you to the polls as a young child or um, whatever it might be, right? Well, and I, I recognize that my ability to utilize my voice through voting is something that I gained um, through the work of my ancestors mm -hmm. and, and many other uh, folks of color who fought for our rights um, to vote and to have a, a place in this democracy. Yeah. And, and what about, what advice do you have for others that are just timidly entering into this process right now, right? I think that it is really overwhelming. It can be very confusing. Um, but, but overwhelmingly, I think people want to do something, right? Like they, there's, there's an energy and, and people want to get engaged and involved. What, what advice do you have for folks that are in this place of, I want to do something, but I, I don't know where, I don't know where to be or where to start. <laughs> Yeah, um, I have a few ideas. Um, I think first is slow down and take a deep breath. Just do that. When we're able to create space within ourselves to just acknowledge like how we're feeling, it becomes easier to then find a direction to take action. So slow down, take a breath. Look around you. You do not have to do this alone. And I encourage everyone to do this learning in community, whether that's a friend, a family member, or maybe just someone that you follow on Instagram that you see knows this stuff. Reach out to them, like hit up their DMs and be like, hey, I'm really interested in what you're doing. How did you learn that? Or like, how can I get involved? I think too, 
really holding your heart that you do not have to be perfect and you don't have to know everything in order to engage, right? Ideally, I want everybody to do all the learning and try to engage and in understand exactly every single thing that they're voting for. Yes, that is the ideal and that is the goal. Um, but I recognize that everybody has different time constraints and time is a privilege. And that's one privilege I do have is that I do have um, a career in which I can, I have control over my time, you know? So you don't have to know it all, do what you can, but know that your voice is still valid and still needed. Even if you feel like um, you don't know every single thing about the political process, start somewhere. Totally. I love that. Yeah. You, you just got to take one foot in front of the other, I guess, <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Before we close, one thing that um, we started asking a lot of our guests is um, just what's your own voting plan? Um, just, uh, so what's, what's your plan for voting? Have you already voted or are you going to early vote? Where, how are you going to, are you bringing friends with you? What's your plan? Yeah, no, I'm early voting and I have not voted yet. Um, but I'm really excited to do so. Um, I'm voting with a friend at Rui's library on Saturday. We're getting tacos after, um, and definitely visiting our hope murals, um, afterwards to kind of celebrate and amplify that message and encourage other folks to do so. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's always, always better with a friend. It's, you got to make it a little bit like, like a holiday. <laughs> well, I do think it should be a holiday. Right. <laughs> a lot um, of businesses I've noticed are, it's moving in that direction, right? City, city council, I think is doing this. Yeah. But, but I, I agree. It, it's, it doesn't have to be this like, um, somber thing. It's, we can engage with joy we can engage in community. And that's what I really hope people, um, people can find this year and in years moving forward and, and really connect to is that this is serious, but it can be done in community and it can be done with joy. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I, I really appreciate it. And for all that you're doing out in the community, it's important and needed and it's always fun to meet another civic engagement enthusiast. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate the time for letting me speak. All right, that's our show for today. Um, hopefully you all will get out there and go vote. Um, and we want to see those I voted selfies. Um, take pictures, share them with us at the underscore Austin underscore common. You can find podcasts of our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. To learn more about The Austin Common, you can visit our website at theaustincommon.com. This show is hosted by me, Amy Stansberry, and produced by John Hoffner, and broadcast out of Co-op Studios, a cooperatively run community radio station based in Austin, Texas. To listen to more of Co-op's amazing lineup of shows, visit koop.org or tune in to 91.7 FM. Yeah.